Radio 191 FM podcast. In Otiputi, a local government stirs. Oh yeah! Every three years, the magnates of municipal management compete for the top seat. It takes some pain to wear the chains. Is it their fate to sit for an official portrait? This is 2019 Dunedin Mania. That's right. Miralmania continues here on the Otago Museum Breakfast Show on Radio 191 FM. Right now I am joined by Jim O'Malley, Carmen Houlihan and Scout Barbara Evans. Morena to you all. Morena. How are we all this morning? Ah, good, good. Better than me then. I'm coming off the end of a very terrible sickness as we spoke before. And Cubby, we're just getting into it. But this neither here nor there. Let us begin. Opening statements is where we start because it's a good place to begin. Uh, and I think we'll start with you, Scout. Sweet. Kia ora koutou. My name is Scout Barber Evans and I am here today asking for your vote for Dunedin Mayor and Council. I was incredibly lucky to have been able to grow up right here in Dunedin and I hope that this city will be where my daughter grows up too. I'm like you. I use public transport, I'm late on half my assignments, I push a pram down the street, I pay hundreds of dollars a year to remove rubbish from my property, and I love making it to events on the streets with my friends in Fano. I share your interest in sustaining our city for decades to come with responsible choices that will last us a few lifetimes. Young people like us make up roughly a quarter of Dunedin's population and our utter lack of representation on the council is a disgrace. Every single decision the council makes today has an impact on us. Whether we're working on how we will manage sea level rise in South Dunedin or we're deciding how to bring our central city into the 21st century, I'm committed to thinking about the entire picture. Dunedin's never been too good at thinking towards the future, so let's change that now. This election, we're voting for the future that we want to see. We're voting to ensure that our kids might have a future here. We're voting for sustainable practice, compassion and integrity. I would love your vote for Dunedin Mayor and Council. All right, um, Jim. Kia ora koutou. Um, called Jim Amelia Ho. I am a returning councillor and I'm hoping to return. Um, I've been the Deputy Chair of the Infrastructure Committee on the Council for the three years that I've been on. And during that period of time, I've learned a lot about how the council works, which I think is quite relevant because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about what they will and won't do when they become mayor. And what I'm seeing is often is not, I agree with the sentiments, but the people don't really understand quite how the structure at all works. I um, was a student at the university. I got my PhD in physiology in 89 and went to the States and lived there for 25 years where I um, worked in academia and then in industry before returning back to Dunedin. I'm one of two cents of immigrants coming into the city now. There's a group under the age of 30, and the other group is people over the age of 50 with lots of experience who are coming back because they've chosen this city to live in, specifically because it's probably the most livable city in the country. What I want to do as mayor is to make sure that we keep moving forward with the progress, progress that's already happening in the city. It's a great place to live, but the council, while it's operating pretty well, can do with a little bit of improvement, and it can certainly improve around consultation. I have a tendency to think that we go a bit too far forward in our plans before we come out to the community and therefore there's no real co-design. People have been talking about infrastructure. I do want to remind everybody that we've got $380 million put in for underground war services and $330 million for roads. $870 million total over the next 10 years in infrastructure spend. So I do believe we're addressing that. Um, that also means, of course, that your rates will have to go up to service that. 
vote for me because I will bring in what I believe to be a fully inclusive council. I'm a left of centre person, but I don't just ignore the right because I don't talk to them. Thank you. All right, Carmen. Kia ora, ko Carmen Hulehenaho, ko Naitahu Te Iwi, ko I'm here to um, stand for Mayor and Council as an independent. I'm an open, honest and fair person and I think that you um, want to be treated fairly as well. And I want, I think that when you ring the council, you want to know they get back to you at a reasonable time, that you're treated fairly, that if you've got an issue, it's listened to. If you want to organise a climate change march like it's happening today, and good on them for doing it, well done guys, is that you um, don't have to go to several different departments to ask people what you need to do to do that. That you have one person that you can talk to so you're not mucked around. And I think I would really like to encourage a culture that says, how can we help? And that is something that I think, you know, everybody could benefit from. It will save us time and money, particularly people who are trying to do planning issues or building things, that they have that one-person contact would make things a lot easier. But about me, I was a student as well. I did my BA here in theatre. I'm passionate about arts. I'm a playwright. I've worked in the arts on the Dunedin Fringe as a publicist and the Christchurch Arts Festival as a publicist. I've worked in um, film. I've done oh heaps. I was publicity actually for a ska band called The Managers at some at one stage. And I have um, worked in lots of different arts areas. I love the arts. But I also have a strong business background. I'm a member of Dunedin Rotary and I have governance experience in the Institute of Directors. I've served on boards and I've worked as a journalist for many years covering daily and weekly newspapers. And at that time I covered council a lot. So I understand the issues and that's why I think I've got the skills and ability to be your mayor. All right. Um, transport has been uh, something that Dunedinites are worried about, uh, whether they're hating the cycle lanes or loving <coughs> them. Uh, they're all about jumping on scooters or they're hating those as well. We've had a lot of changes to the uh, transport infrastructure. Uh, bus uh, systems are different now. We have a hub. Um, do you think that it's going uh, in the right way uh, or do you think there's still a lot of work to do, to do and uh, have we been doing it right? We'll begin with Jim. <coughs> Thanks, Jamie. I, it's going in the right way, but I think it's got a lot further to go. Um, this city is definitely going to grow, and it's going to, um, and we're going to have to deal with more and more people in it. The idea that we would deal with transport in the form of single-use driver cars is, is just going to result in the city becoming unlivable. So we do have to work towards how we're going to move people around in other ways. If your journey distance is short, then I believe cycles, cycleways and walking is the appropriate. If it's a longer distance, then we're going to have to talk buses. And if it's even longer, then a, a lot of people know that I'm trying to bring back the commuter rail for distances as far out as Mosgill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right, same question for you, Carmen. Yeah, I think um, Jim's right that um, we also we do need to look at different options for the future for transport. However, I think the council was too hasty, taking away lots of car parks. I think if they had a great uh, public transport system already, people wouldn't have minded, but we haven't. Our buses are lacking, and that's the ORC is running the buses, it's not the DCC, but there are major issues with it. With, for example, the bus hub, it misses out a lot of it now because the bus hub's in. A lot of Main Street, George Street, is missed out when people go. A lot of disabled and elderly people have to walk a lot further to where they want to go. Um, For students, I would love to see a bus 
in the lunch hours every day go from the uni and polytech so perhaps have one stop and it goes back into the octagon every 10 minutes pop on pop off bus that's free and they can get going and do that every day because at the moment you have a limited amount of places that you can go to the shops it would be good for business as well and um, yeah we need to look at cheaper bus rides and um, uh, more frequent that's the problem too the buses aren't very frequent also sorry scout I'm just giving her a knock we also need to look at um, other options as well like carpooling I'd love to give incentives for carpooling and I'd love to see a rail service all right and finally scout I do think that the council is heading in the right direction in terms of everything within the council's jurisdiction but there are a lot of players who also need to be playing ball so we need to make sure that the ORC is managing the buses properly while they're still under their jurisdiction um that means that they do need to be a lot more a lot more frequent for a lot of us as students we either live up on the hill in those hilly suburbs where we have to bust or walk down the hill every day or we live really close to campus and we can walk or we live in the valley and it's there's actually a really good bus link from the valley to town that runs every 15 minutes um it would be fantastic if the buses in the rest of the city were more frequent, but that's not within our jurisdiction on council. Um, the act of taking away car parks to put in place uh, cycle lanes and the bus hub, that was a step that was going to hurt no matter what, but it's a step that had to be done because that's the measure that we need to take to get people living within the inner city of Dunedin to be able to get out of their cars and use other forms of transport. Um, so that there is space in the city for our elderly populations, for our disabled populations and for our rural populations, of which 75% of Dunedin is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I catch the bus every single day with my nine-month-old daughter and if I can do it, then I think a lot of people could as well. That's a mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, thank you. Um, all right, I think we'll just go straight on to uh, questions on uh, individual questions now. We'll start with you, Carmen. One of your policies uh, is to reverse the government proposal to merge the country's vocational education entities, i.e. Polytechnics, uh, Technology Education in Institutes. The government is doing this uh, to be more responsive to the changing needs in the employment market um, to give uh, people a better opportunity to find work in the ever-changing uh, workforce uh, or changing face of uh, work in the future. Why do you oppose this plan uh, and how will you Can I just stop you, you there and it? say I haven't actually said I'm reversing it. That's not correct. What I've said is I'm lobbying for its um, for the New Zealand Institute of Skills and Technology, the head office, to be based here in Dunedin. Okay. Yeah, but I do, uh, you are correct though, I do have an issue about them merging it. I mean, once it's done, I don't think there's much I can do. Yeah. What I have an issue is that the city, you know, has been, the government came in and said we're merging and it's, you know, that has a huge effect on our city for us in Dunedin and also the people in SIT. Um, I mean, you know, obviously that's not for DCC's jurisdiction but it's having a massive effect on them because they had the free fees and our Otago Polytechnic has a really strong brand. Mm -hmm. We offer a lot 
of work. They do. Um, Otago Polytech is very collaborative. It does lots of things together. Phil Kerr has been very um, positive up till now, but his, he's now saying he's worried because there's no guarantee from the government that after two years that they will keep their independence, and that is a real concern for our city. So at least something we can look at doing is lobbying for um, the head office, the hub to be held here in New Zealand that would bring in Dunedin, that would bring about 200 jobs here mm-hmm. and we would then be in t- you know, we'd have sort of be able to tap the shoulders of the key people in that and I think that would be deserving given Otago Polytechnic and SIT are the two leading polytechs in New Zealand and I think it's unfair that the government is penalising them when they're doing so well. I understand some of the other polytechs aren't doing so well However, you don't use a sledgehammer to fix the problem. All right, all right. Um, Scout. Um, now, people vote or don't vote for a lot of people for a myriad of reasons, uh, be it policy, be it personal, be it a lot of things. But the top job is a big one uh, with the weight of the chains quite heavy. Uh, you're young. Uh, you're a solo parent. Um, do you think you are qualified uh, to have the ability to lead the sp- city uh, especially in a time of um, such societal and infrastructure challenges? Um, so, firstly, age does not mean that you don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. And I think but I'm lo- speaking I, to the right I, crowd here. Yeah, on this I, I'm just saying this because I think a lot of people think that way. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a background in mental health support work and in youth work. And so. These are both areas which I have to facilitate a group of quite often a little bit rowdy people to create the best outcome or get a project done. Mm -hmm. I see that as quite similar to the job of being the mayor. Being the mayor is a facilitatorship role. It's not about coming in and saying, this is my grand vision for the city and I'm going to single-handedly rescue everybody because that's literally not the job. You need 14 people to vote for you. Mm. So I have a lot of lobbying skills. I have a lot of um, facilitatorship skills to hold those conversations, to hold people's needs within those conversations. I think that's what qualifies you to be the mayor, not having a grand vision that you think you're going to single-handedly put in place. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, right, we'll move on to Jim. Um, you are worried about the state of uh, our impending new hospital, uh, that it could be downgraded uh, and not survive, uh, service the city and the, city, the city's needs and, and the wider uh, Otago Southland region. Um, what is your plan to not let this this happen, to not let the services slip? Uh, and do you actually see that happening when we... It's going to be a teaching hospital. It's a university hospital, essentially. Yeah, thanks, Christian. I, I think you're referring to something I probably would have said more like 18 months ago, I think, when we were talking about the Save Our Site campaign and, and whether the government was um, investing in the hospital and the future of Dunedin appropriately. Um, there's a fairly big spend going into the hospital now, and I think in terms of square meterage, it's going to be one of the biggest hospitals in the mm-hmm. country. So I think with the change of government, we've had a change of investment attitude, so I'm not as worried about that. But there is the, there is the issue of clinical services and... Um, <coughs> You know, specialist clinical services. So we don't have a paediatric cancer unit here. You go to Christchurch for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one one neurosurgeon, and you know we're very dependent on Mr. Taha actually being able to keep his keep his 
do his job because if he's gone, we lose it. The problem that we run into if we try to aggregate um, services is that under the program business case, which is the Treasury sort of got its fingers everywhere, you tend to have population-based decision-making, which means that if the South Island services get shared between Dunedin and Christchurch, they won't get shared between Dunedin and Christchurch. They'll all go to Christchurch and will be expected to go because the district health boards are to some extent or another competing against each other rather than cooperating with each other. I wouldn't be upset if we said the whole of the South Island needs these services. Christchurch area is three times bigger than, you know, Canterbury North is bigger than Otago and Southland by three. So three are up there and one is down here. If, you know, but I don't think it would ever go out that way. If we end up into that aggregation model, it'll all go to Christchurch and we'll be in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Carmen, um, the city centre... Uh, is stagnant. There's empty shops, um, you know, not just in Dunedin CBD, but in the wider um, outer suburbs shopping centres. Um, you know, these kind of mum pop stores are a thing of the past. What is your plan to bring back people to the CBD and get that kind of internal business economy running? Yeah, good question. One of my policies is I am not for pedestrianisation of George Street and the reason why I'm not in favour of it is that I've walked around all of those businesses and I've asked them, do you want this? And they've said, many of them have said no to me and the reason for example, the businesses that are in the area between Albany and Frederick Street where they had a burst pipe because the pipe, the infrastructure is so old that the pipes burst and they had to fix that as a quick fix but um, what has happened is that during that two or three weeks when the roads were closed they lost thousands and thousands of dollars and one of those businesses said to me that they actually sent an invoice to the council and said look you pay this because and some of them said to me if the work starts again which it is going to they said we're just going to close up shop I mean these people are desperate and I just don't think we can in all fairness treat businesses like this and uh, but the infrastructure work needs to be done so we have to do it so it means there's going to be disruption what I'm proposing is that the council financially support some of the businesses during this time if they can show hardship, you know, that they've lost money because just people aren't coming because of the disruption. But we have to think innovatively. My um, master's in entrepreneurship and I think we need to see problems as opportunities and I think there are opportunities there as well. Um, retail is tough. I, I would love to see the council back uh, a pl a promote and support and save the CBD plan. Let's have a campaign to get them really buzzing, like focus on retailers on a website and already actually the CEO of the Otago Polytechnic, Phil Kerr, said he would be happy for his students to be part of building some sort of website to help and let's save our CBD, make it vibrant, promote them on that and say, hey, did you know they're offering this? Did you know they're offering that? And I know the city is looking at bringing some uh, certain activities in that into the CBD I think that's a good idea but I think every now and then not have the streets closed off all the time for that because people come to see those activities not so much to actually shop Alright, um, Scout, for you, um, Dunedin infrastructure is dilapidated uh, after years of uh, divesting or moving funds off to fund other projects. Uh, we're looking at pipes that are 100 years old uh, yes. in areas, uh, things that we've been told to do something about for a long time. Uh, and, and now, as always, like, like every single human in the world, we leave things to the last minute.
minute and now cost has ballooned uh, and it's something we need to take care of now and it's not just water pipes there's a lot of other infrastructure in, uh, issues what will you do um, to hopefully you'd like you said you've got to work with the council uh, but to stop that kind of um, thing going on because we're diverting funds now to the stadium as well um, so it looks like this could repeat we've got a roar at the moment how do we stop that from happening what will you do to stop that kind of thing happening and would you be willing to tap into things like the Waipori fund to to offset the cost of the ratepayers look I'm not an engineer so I can't tell you right now what any of that is going to cost because that is not my expert area and you shouldn't have to be an engineer to be the mayor um, I can say that my plan of attack I suppose would be to continue the work that the council is already doing and particularly in areas in, like South Dunedin they are actively already upgrading infrastructure. That's what the last rates hike was to pay for. Um, and that is infrastructure that was neglected for years and years and years because there was not enough courage to actually raise yeah. the rates to pay for it. Um, there wasn't enough money to pay for it up till that point. So that work is really important. That needs to continue. But there's also outlying areas that are within our city boundaries, such as Middlemark and... <coughs> What we were told at the Middle March candidates meeting is that they and their um, community board have been bringing this to council over and over and over again that their wastewater system is not adequate, that they are experiencing backups and floods when we have heavy downpours. That's not good enough. They were saying that it's been about 25 years that this has been a problem. Mm -hmm. That's my entire lifetime. I'm 24. So, you know, we're going way back to 1994 mm. here that this work hasn't been done and that's not good enough. So um, I can't tell you whether I would have to pull from any funds as the mayor to have to pay for this, but I can say the money's going to have to come from somewhere and I would be working very closely with the financial experts of the council to make sure that not only is this work done, but it is paid for in the best way possible. Well, considering the council's only amalgamated in 91, it only, had only been part of the council for three years before that happened, so that's really ridiculous. Poor, um, poor people in the middle. It's a bit disgraceful. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, all right, and Jim, um, I know that you are very business-focused. You want to bring... Uh, more business to the CBD, as I said before. Uh, I mean, and you want to bring large businesses back to the city. I mean, over the years, with you know, I, I've been a freezing worker, and I've worked for um, for New Zealand Rail at, uh, at Hillside. The, at, at Hillside. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we've lost these big big companies. But how do we bring? And, and obviously, there's Cadbury's, and you're of course you're involved with Ocker. Right. Uh, how do we bring big companies here? Um, you know, how do you? How do you bring them in? Uh, things like rate reductions, is that fear because you know, you're know you putting extra cost on people like me, the rate payer? Uh, and then finally, uh, on the end of this, is something I've been really passionate about, I want to get you, how you feel about it. Should we get the university to pay at least a voluntary rate? Okay, so that's, there's two questions there. Um, the first one around about big industry and big manufacturing. Um, I lived in the States for many years and I watch states do this all the time and I'm completely against it. Um, and that is that you give rates relief and you pay money to have somebody come to your area. They bring a few jobs, they don't really pay their workers very well and then the state offers, another state offers them more money and off they go and leave again. The fact of the matter is that when a major employer, let's say like Fisher and Pike or Cadbury's, closes down, 
you can't bring them and we we asked Whitakers would they want to come down here and they're like why would we leave Porarua <laughs> so the reality is you've got to do what we did with Ocho and that is you've got to basically it's like a big tree falls in the forest you've got to plant another one and unfortunately it's a sapling for a long time but if you don't do anything then nothing happens so you've got an option of what I've done there and I would say we can do it again with general I'd like to see a, a version of Fish and Pike will start up again we've got a lot of those engineers sitting around I work with Petri Dish on Stafford Street and in their startup space and I've, I've and I've worked with companies who are in the early inception stage and, and help them with often not just helping help them just with their thinking as they go through with it um, and, the, and the other question that you asked was at the very end was yeah, the university uh, they don't pay any rates um, yeah well uh, that's because of their status yeah. um they do pay rates on the stuff that they own, which is commercial. I tell you what I do want is that for the for the tertiary sector upgrade of the streets, we're expecting the um, businesses in George Street and Princess Street to to put some money in. And I did ask, um, it was the Chancellor, would you be willing to put in $5 million? And he just laughed and said, oh, I can't answer that here today. Well, let's look at flood protection as well. I mean, they haven't paid pittance for that, uh, and there's new bridge work down there as well. Uh, anyway, this is my personal gripe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do think they could put a bit in around that stuff, to be honest. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah the, the university pays little. They don't even pay for their water. Um, hey, well, um, <laughs> this time for closing statements, we'll start with you, Scout. Mm, um, can I, sorry, can I skip? Yeah, 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 Carmen, we'll start with you. Uh, why should we vote for you? Okay, well, I would like, obviously, I'd like you to vote for me as Mia um, and um, vote for me also as your number one for council because we need a fresh face. We need new blood on the council. There's been a lot of councillors there who have sat there for several terms and as we've heard today, there's been a lot of neglect. They haven't serviced the needs of our city. They haven't fixed infrastructure over years of neglect. Uh, there's a lot of things that aren't getting done. The perception is that there's not a lot of consultation. We need open, honest and fair people on council and that's what I invoke. Carmen Houlihan, one for Mayor, one for council. Jim. Um, I do want to address this issue that people are saying we're not putting money into infrastructure. $870 million in the 10-year plan, I think, is a pretty significant yeah, investment. Yeah, previously they spent none, <laughs> hardly any. Mm, mm. Um, that's day. For years. Are you finished? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, so, um, um, a bit thrown out by that. Um, so, we have put a money in, and, and in fact, yes, we are addressing the fact that in the past there's been historical neglect, and this whole I'm going to keep your rates down, and I, you're not your rates are not going to go up. We've got you know people like Lee going out and saying that now that will be a retrograde step. Um, I'm the person. If you really look at what I've done, I've done a lot behind the scenes. I've been a hard worker for the city. I'm not a polarising person. And I think I can be the person who can actually bring all the voices at council together because the thing about STV is we get a representative council. You will not get the council of your choice. You get the councillors of the city's choice. And a good mayor brings all those voices to the table. All right, and finally, Scout, back to you. Cool. So if we are really serious about making sure that our voices are heard on council, we need to make sure that we are not just being consulted with. Consultation is shit. We need to actually be heard. We need to have a voice on around the table. So to make sure that we do have that representation, you need to either vote for me or Finn. You need to make sure that there is going to be a voice around the table who is, has our interests at heart. Um, 
Jim's right, the council has been putting money this term into infrastructure. Historically that's not what was happening and that's why it's now costing so much. So we need to make sure that we future-proof Dunedin, that we make decisions that will last a couple of lifetimes, not just our own. Um, and we need to make sure that there are people around the decision-making table who actually have to live with the decisions that are made. Mm, very good, very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Scout, and thank you, everybody, uh, Jim and Carmen. Thank Sorry. you so much for coming in this morning. Thank good you luck. for having us. Yeah, you are more than welcome. Good luck to you all. Um, come, just, you know, we've only got a couple of weeks to go. Uh, yeah, someone's asking about lime scooters. But yeah, you're only a couple more weeks ago. Um, so good luck. You'll get some sleep in two weeks' time. Uh, and until then, uh, try staying awake. Had a lot of coffee. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.